Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. My co-host Larry Dersham and I have a great show for you tonight. And what a week it has been and is going to be. So we want to wish everybody a happy Martin Luther King Day weekend. And we also want to make sure everybody stays safe and sound. Not to mention healthy. We always talk about healthy, but safety is on everybody's mind. Uh, We will be getting into some of that and the bipartisan passion for promoting a peaceful transition of power next week. But one of the headlines, streamlined as we like to say, that we also want to get to has to do with where can you talk about all of these types of things that are going on in our nation. Now, many people use Twitter. We don't use Facebook because, again, that's not what our friends want to hear. They don't want to hear us on there talking politics, and certainly that's not what LinkedIn is for either. But Twitter has traditionally been someplace where both conservatives and liberals were able to speak with like-minded people. But what we've seen lately is a little bit of a change. You may have seen the headlines, and if you didn't see them, you at least heard about it. There has been a big shakeup over who is or isn't allowed to be on Amazon sites and on their airwaves and on their social media. Parler has been widely touted as an alternative to Twitter for conservatives. Now, there have been lots of complaints on lots of social media channels that there have been incitements to violence and nobody denies that those people have no place on social media. It's in violation of all the terms and conditions to use those platforms to incite violence. But the question is, is that what Parler did? And over the course of the last week, it has sued Amazon, basically arguing that it has been disciplined and deplatformed by not being allowed to to be hosted any longer on Amazon. So the question has been, have they been cautioned, censored, or canceled? Of course, cancel culture being something that we have been talking about for the last year. Censorship obviously does not eliminate ideas. It simply eliminates ways to express them, moves them underground. And if they are uh, ideas that have nothing to do with violence, why then can't they be expressed? Now, of course, Amazon's fighting back and saying, wait a minute, we gave gave Parler a chance to clean up their act. We gave them a hundred examples of people on their site that they were refusing to monitor and that were inciting violence. That's the reason we deplatformed them because they weren't following our terms and conditions. But Larry, it almost sounds like, you know, we put our lawyer's hats on. That sounds like a factual determination. I think it is uh, on their part, but uh, the double standard is pretty gaping. Uh, For example, they have the president of Iran, uh, Rouhani, and also the Ayatollah Khomeini, who is the supreme leader of Iran. Those are two separate people, both in high, the highest of the leadership positions. And they are calling for uh, eliminating Israel and eliminating the great Satan in the United States off the, the face of the, uh, the earth. Uh, yet their tweets are still up there. The Chinese government, they're calling for genocide against the Uyghurs. Uh, it's a, a subpopulation of China. 
that are basically treated like slaves, their tweets are still up there too. So the double standard, Wendy, is gaping. It's hypocrisy at its highest level, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, one of the things that people are talking about on both sides of the aisle, because remember, I mean, both sides want peaceful conversation. They want a marketplace of ideas. Nobody believes that there is any place for incitement of violence on any social media platform. So we're all in agreement there. What I think Amazon is looking at and what they're going to be fighting against and what really people on both sides of the aisle are promoting is an examination of, like you said, I mean, everybody should be disciplined and be deplatformed if in fact they're violating the terms and conditions. There is uh, some, some, I don't know whether you wanna call them allegations or complaints, but um, there's been some issue taken with exactly as you say, well, if we're going to deplatform Parler, are there other sites that are hosting equally egregious conduct that everybody agrees is unsupported and is violent and should be removed? And then, of course, there's the overriding issue, Larry, uh, as a constitutional matter, in that if you're not inciting violence, if you're just talking about conservative ideas, liberal ideas, whatever it is, shouldn't you combat speech you don't agree with with speech you do? You know, we always say fight fight evil with good, combat bad speech with good speech. Shouldn't that be what we're moving toward instead of canceling certain viewpoints? Now, of course, Amazon would say that's not what they're doing. But that's, again, why I say it seems to be a factual dispute. It does. And uh, what's interesting, you know, that uh, actually it was the Communication Act of 1934. Uh, That was a long time ago. That was pre-internet, of course. But they amended that in 1996 with the Telecommunication Act of 1996. And then there's a subpart of that, Title V, the Communications Decency Act. And it's right therein where that Section 230 is that is so Mm -hmm. disputed. And basically it says that uh, it protects the... uh, platform people like Facebook and Twitter saying that we're not publishers and you can't sue us. If somebody says something bad about you, you can't blame us. But there's also that second part of Section 230 that says if we, Facebook and Twitter and so forth, feel that uh, what you're saying is not uh, acceptable, we can take you off on our own. And I think that's what they're doing uh, against Trump and so many conservatives. That's what's going on. Well, and when you look at the different organizations and the different social media sites that have been deplatformed, there haven't been that many of them. Parler, of course, is the one that's really in the news, and that's the one that has the lawsuit against Amazon. Some people like to draw analogies. For example, they would say, you know, what if there are three intoxicated patrons in a bar? Do you take the keys away from everybody in the bar, even those that aren't drinking? Now, no analogy is perfect to encapsulate the dispute between Amazon and Parler. But that dispute is indicative, many people are afraid, of what might be down the road, is how many voices and how how successful do you have to be at canceling the voices that should be canceled, the ones that are advocating violence, nobody argues there, before you deplatform an entire social media system. And of course, then we get back down to the you know spirited debate, spirited civil nonviolent debate a robust digital exchange of ideas. I mean, both sides value that. And, you know, when it comes to when we when the elections come around again, you know, the midterms in two years, you know, voters on both sides of the aisle are going to want to have access to all the information they need to make the kind of intelligent decisions that they're going to make at the ballot box. That's why we need more than Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, so forth, and even Fox News, unfortunately. So Google, try DuckDuckGo. Uh, that's a good search engine. Facebook, try one Gab. There's one called Gab, G-A-B. 
uh, Twitter. You can go to Parler, but they're down now. So there's another one called Telegram. Uh, for YouTube, you can try Rumble. Or there's another one called BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E. And those are great uh, uh, replacements for YouTube. And then Fox News, you might want to try OAN or Newsmax. That, that would be my choice. Now, there's another really quick, interesting argument, uh, Wendy. I haven't had haven't heard anybody talk about this. The, the Internet was developed by the military. There is an Internet backbone. Now, we're talking about being deplatformed. Well, what if the government got involved and said, you know, we supply the Internet backbone, the satellites, the stuff that goes under the ocean and so forth that connects this. You are going to abide by what we say, Twitter, Facebook, and so forth. And you're not going to be arbitrary. You're not going to pick sides, Democrat or Republican. You know, I think that would be one way to control them. That's an interesting argument. And, uh, you know, we also talk about uh, always uh, deplatforming as a last resort. And that is Amazon's argument. And, you know, as a lawyer, I'm fascinated with the, the legal aspect of these disputes. You know, partisan politics aside, legally, it's a very important question in America to talk about, well, you know, what are the ramifications that are available uh, if you violate terms and conditions and violence, of course, that again, that's an easy one. Everybody agrees. But short of that, unpopular ideas have always been something that's protected by the First Amendment. Yes. So that has been part of this uh, dispute between Parler, other social media sites as well. And you mentioned some of them. Um, but the, the folks that have gone to those sites are worried that a few bad actors will also cause those sites to be deplatformed. And then the question becomes, how many strikes until you're out? If Amazon yes. says, as they have, that they only deplatformed Parler as a last resort and that they gave them ample time to make sure that they disciplined, censored, or removed all the bad actors, anybody that was inciting violence, what then would be the, how much rope would a, a social media platform get? One of the others that you mentioned, before they too would be deplatformed because of the voices of a few. Exactly. And here's really an interesting thought too. Now that they're cutting off all these social media access points, we, Wendy, on the radio, I call it Radio Free America, we can still talk about the issues. And I'm not worried about Facebook or Twitter. I guess they could take my accounts down, but I don't care. Uh, we got the radio still. And I know there have even been movements against the radio. I remember uh, Rush Limbaugh, that, what was it called, the Fairness Doctrine or something? But actually, uh, that would probably uh, work against the left side if they were to do that. But at least we have Radio Free America, and we're talking on it right now. Yeah, and you know, the, the other thing is, Larry, you and I and our listeners, we would never advocate violence, no matter what. Absolutely. And on that, uh, sort of um, be, you know, celebrating the three-day weekend that we are, um, going into an inauguration next week. One of the other things that we're all in agreement is that everybody wants a safe, secure, peaceful transfer of power. That is something that everybody is interested in. We do not want to see one more life lost. We do not want to see any violence. We don't want to hear any threats of violence. There is so much that unifies us, Larry, as Americans, and yes. that is one of them. And along those lines, uh, don't touch that dial, as Larry says. He's a little bit older than me, so he can get away with saying that. We are going to talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about how we as freedom-loving Americans can actually also keep our market-based economy booming in addition to preserving our God-given personal freedom. So stick with us. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. We will be back in a flash.
News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. Larry Dershman and I have a great second half for you. Well, many people have noticed that America is starting to lean left in the people that we put into office. So we are obviously talking about differences of opinion in terms of um, different types of freedoms, freedom of speech, and all the different issues that go along with discussing politics. And along those lines, partisan lines, if you will, Larry, I understand we have an expert on the topic who can shed some light on the divide we are now being discussed. We do, Wendy. Uh, Yes, I'd like to introduce to our audience Cheryl Chumley. Cheryl is an online opinion editor for the Washington Times, and she has a podcast show. It's called Bold and Blunt. Cheryl has just come out with a new Amazon bestseller, and it's titled Socialists Don't Sleep, subtitled Christians Must Rise for uh, Rise or America Will Fall. And she definitely has some thoughts on the rising tide of socialism in America and how we as believers and free market people uh, who love the Constitution and so forth can keep our country headed in the right direction. So welcome to the show, Cheryl. Hey, it's great to be with you both. Thank you so much for having me. Cheryl, we love on the show to highlight both sides of all of the issues. We we like to educate our viewers, you know, one side thinks this, the other side thinks that. And so it's just a blessing to have such a such a marketplace of ideas that we discuss on the show. But before we get into the substance of the, the fascinating perspective that you bring, I understand that prior to the November 3rd presidential election, you actually biked many of the battleground states, 14 states you biked through. That sounds very ambitious. And Larry and I were wondering, what kind of bike do you have? Um, yeah, it's 14 <laughs> states in about 14 days. It was, it's a wow. uh, Yamaha V-Star 650 Classic. And um, just in the interest of full disclosure, I didn't ride the entire way because of bad weather. I hate riding in the rain, and I was wondering also if it was going to snow. But I, I rode, um, you know, the, the the countryside of Iowa and South Dakota and Kansas, and it was fantastic. Just meeting people, interviewing them, and finding out with some kind of um, hope and optimism that, you know, even out in the in the flyover territory of America, there are a lot of Democrats who actually still love this country and uh, don't hate capitalism. Yes. So that that is great, great, a uh, great thing to find out. Yeah, that's great, uh, Cheryl. In that book, Socialists Don't Sleep, I, I love that title. I, my wife and I, do a lot of property management, and uh, we've had to deal over the years with termites. Believe it or not, because they do a lot of damage. And I read that termites don't sleep either. They just keep on gnawing away at the structure, causing the structure eventually to get weak. And, and if not treated, the, the structure will fall just like the United States. So Lawyers don't sleep either, Larry. <laughs> right. That's right. So, so if we were to try to get a grip on this advancing socialism in the United States, how are we going to address those problems to basically win back the next generation, I guess? It seems like so many in our generation are leaning left. How do we do that? 
yeah, it's a big mountain to climb because uh, the socialism that's crept into America's politics and cultures hasn't come up overnight. It's been a slow seep. And part of the way it seeped in is uh, not so much with the, the big S socialism, the card-carrying socialists like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, right? Yes. It's come on, on, the, on the wings of what I call small S socialism, where it's just a mindset shift that has changed the hearts of Americans. So instead of relying on themselves or more to truth, what this nation was built upon, relying upon God for their needs and guidance, more and more Americans are turning to government for solutions. And when that happens, when we turn from God and we lose that core great concept of America of rights coming from God, not government, we actually open the doors for big, bigger, biggest government to come in and be the pro- provider for all. And that's where we're at right now. And you add to sure. that things like the public school system indoctrinating children, and it's a recipe for disaster. Yes. Cheryl, I'm fascinated by your use of the the term small s socialism, because there's a large middle ground that a lot of people think that they belong to. First of all, they're not quite sure what socialism means, but if it means sharing your wealth with those uh, that are that are needy, then you could quote plenty of scriptures in the Bible talking about sharing what you have with the poor. I think it sounds like what you're saying is there seems to be a misunderstanding of what socialism really is as a political system. And, you know, when we think about it that way and we think about, well, who wouldn't want free college for everybody? I mean, everybody wants an education. Uh, Many people listening might think, I'd love for my kids to go to the school of their choice and not have to work till I'm 80 (laughs) to support them. Um, What would be a simple sort of common sense explanation as to how you might educate people that maybe subscribe to small, less socialism, what, what it really is, as you describe in your book? Right. Uh, You know, you make an excellent point, and that is part of the problem, how socialism has crept in, because we've been so busy fighting over the definition of socialism that we have allowed the socialists to move the goalposts. The standard here in America is God-given, or it's constitutional, or it's freedom, and, and the opposite of that is not. But socialism at its root, right, is when the government steps in and takes over part of the economy, part of the production. Communism is when they come in and take it over completely. But what's happened is the left has been able to use clever language to disguise socialism. They call it democratic socialism or progressivism, or they call it anything but what it really is. And that has confused and clouded people so that socialism has lost its dark name. Now, youth are embracing socialism as a viable economy and and politic in America. And part of that is because the left is so clever. And just real quick about your biblical reference, I cover this in my book as well. The idea of the uh, socialism being biblical, that that is the preferred uh, structure that, say, Jesus would want, I find is abhorrent. If you, a, a real clear way to look at this is in the Bible, Jesus teaches charity, right? Jesus teaches to do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Jesus teaches feed the poverty, feed the poor. But Jesus never teaches go to the government and have the government take from Peter to pay Paul, right? No, you know, Paul Paul says if you don't work, you don't eat. (laughs) Remember it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. When the government gets involved, that's when it moves into socialism. When if it's just the individual giving, that's charity and that's biblically based. 
You know, I, I was thinking, Cheryl, my my mother uh, taught this thing called the Good News Club, uh, you know, stories, Bible stories to the little kids on our block. And I'm almost wondering if we should start after school programs to teach the Constitution, to teach civics, to teach American history the way it truly is, because we have truth on our side. And that's what makes it so powerful. We have the truth and they don't. They hide that the would ball. be for parents, too. That would be for parents, too, Larry, wouldn't it? You would be just that would be like a neighborhood. Oh, it would. Did I say <laughs> I was going to do it? <laughs> exactly. No, it would It'd be for parents. And uh, yeah, I'm so worried about that. And also, this is interesting to me, uh, Cheryl, the the Great Reset, is is that for real? And I can't get my mind around why would the big corporations that profited so much under the capitalist system be so socialist, if not communist? And they're like the big corporations that we all know about. Why is that? Why have they cited that way? Well, first off, your idea is fantastic. I mean, that is exactly what we need in this nation, just the grassroots individual teaching of what this nation was built upon and why it is so great. And that that doesn't have to come from the big bureaucrats in D.C. Better for it to come organically from the, the community level. I love that idea for children and for parents. And as far as the Great Reset, Look, this phrase, the Great Reset and Build Back Better, it's not just this simple, soft and warm, fuzzy sounding phrase. It's an action plan that the globalists, the World Economic Forum, has actually developed in order to use the coronavirus and go to the WEF page and look this up yourself, because I did, to use the coronavirus to put corporations and corporate heads basically in charge of governing in the future. So what it's going to do is turn the free market on its head and and force the free market, force businesses to abide certain social justice type provisions, else they can't make their revenues. It it turns businesses into a position of becoming the, the sort of social behavior uh, mandators of society. And this is something that I wish everybody in America would go to the World Economic Forum and their webpage and look up the Great Reset Initiative because they are using this coronavirus actively in order to push this new agenda that brings in what they call a new type of capitalism. Yeah, you know, Cheryl, we've been we we've been talking about um, a lot of these uh, social justice issues and economic issues. And one thing that the country is united on is the fact that many people are hurting economically. Um, Many people have been put out of business. They've been furloughed or fired during the pandemic. And so we're all feeling the pain collectively and trying to help each other. Um, And because we're at the end of the show, I I know that what you talk about in your book and what you talk about. Um, when you're on the air, really sort of get goes to some of these issues as well. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, go to CherylChumley.com, and I have my books and excerpts and endorsements there, and I, I usually post my Washington Times stuff there and my Bold and Blunt podcast. Or you can go to the Washington Times and subscribe right to my um, commentaries and my podcasts, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Cheryl, it's a it's great to it's great to hear um, to hear you talk about you know where people can go to hear more about you because the first half of the show, Larry and I were talking about the reality that people want to make sure that they can enjoy a healthy, free exchange of ideas, regardless of what your political uh, site affiliation is or your ideology, as long as of course it's it's um, up and up and not anything that's advocating violence. So. Thank you for, for having an opinion, having a voice, and for sharing it with us today. We appreciate it. And to okay, our listeners, 
Please stay safe this week. We, you are in our prayers. Have a safe, healthy week and enjoy the rest of your three-day weekend. Join us next week where we, we will have lots more topics to talk about. I guarantee you that. That'll be post-inauguration. Uh, you're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. Headlines with a silver lining. Have a great week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. 